0: Page 906 on the Bible, John chapter 20, verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb as she wept. She stood, stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he has said these things to her. Reading of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thanks be to God. Well, this Sunday is often called in church circles "low Sunday." It's not, you know, it's not the Bible. It's not, you know, not really, really. It's just the fact that um, churches are tired after Easter, and and um, and so not only that, you know, we had our stack show on Friday night, which was amazing, but that was a late night, and then my wife had a. Had, had a work thing, it was a fundraiser for a, for a Carolina children's charity last night as well, and that was a late thing, so so because those were late things, this is a really tired thing, and so what you're going to get today, and I'm going to warn you, don't get used to, to it, okay, but what you're going to get today is not a three-point sermon, but a one-point sermon, okay, like I said, don't get used to it, no, uh uh-huh. coming. I knew it was coming, I knew it was coming, that's right. You've been praying for this day for a long time. No, uh, but but uh, what a joy it is to, um, um, to begin a new sermon series here, sort of launch out uh, post-Easter. Um, unfortunately, I wish it was kind of different. I wish as opposed to Easter, kind of, you know, after Easter, things kind of ramping. Um, you know, they, they kind of ramp. up I wish that they ramp up because actually the way that um, Christians for about 2,000 years have structured their church here is actually this time after Easter supposed to be one of the most exciting one of the most energetic as we literally live out the reality that our Savior is not dead in a grave He's alive He's alive He's sitting in heaven right now (laughs) the power of His defeat over death we can enjoy that right now we can find hope Right now, we can find grace right now because of what happened on Easter morning. And so uh, so we're beginning a sermon series called He's Alive. And what we're going to do is, is uh, between now and and, uh, and and actually all the way through this summer up until next fall is we're going to look at the, the earliest days of the church, the days just like this one, literally um, another Easter account Um, All the way through uh, after Christ going up to heaven and the earliest ministry of his church. But today we start in a really, really beautiful place. Uh, This is uh, recorded only in John in this detail. And part of the reason why you're only getting a one-point sermon here is that the beautiful thing about John's John's gospel is in these seven verses or, or eight verses... There are five or six full-length sermons in here. It's just jam-packed, so full of things that would feed our head that prove that the resurrection actually happened, things that would encourage us, um, that that God has adopted us. But what I want to focus on, though, is one thing, one detail that the Apostle John goes into great concern to make sure that we hear. And I want to look at the reality that the first person that Jesus Christ chose to show his risen self to was Mary Magdalene. Now, actually, before I jump into to that, I do want to answer a question that's going to come out of the scripture. It was one of my three points until I narrowed it down. Um, and, and people ask me all the time, well, what's this about Jesus saying, don't cling to me? You see that in verse, um, here in verse uh Verse. Uh, see, I told, told you I was tired. Um, it's, it's, in, um, it's in verse 17 where what she realizes that um, Christ is risen and it's him. And she goes and she clings to, to him and people say, well, why does Jesus say don't touch me? You know, hands off. Is it because he's holy and she's dirty? No, 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 no. We're, because what he's saying is he's going to rise to the Father. He can't stay on earth I'm going to talk about that on Ascension Sunday. So take that concern and put it over here. Don't worry, we'll get to it in a couple weeks. But back to our point. Jesus, or, or John, gives at great lengths to let us know that it's Mary Magdalene who is the first person to see the risen Christ. Now, to understand why this is so important, why this is such a powerful thing that's actually happening here, we need to know who Mary is, who Mary was. Now, church tradition has held that she was a prostitute. She she was the woman that anointed Christ with oil, um, washed his feet with her tears, started with her hair. Um, That could be true. I don't know, but the Bible doesn't Explicitly connect her to those stories. But what the Bible does tell us is that Mary was a woman who was possessed by seven demons and Jesus cleansed her. Now, what that doesn't mean is that there were literally seven specific demons. What it does mean is that she was absolutely underneath the uh, total influence of sin and of captivity. And yes, demons were part of that, right? taunting her, tempting her, condemning her. The number seven in, in the Hebrew world is much more symbolic. It's sort of the number of perfection or, or fullness or completeness. What the Bible's trying to tell us is that Mary was an incredibly sinful woman. She was about as sinful as a human being could, could possibly get in, in other words, even though we don't know her what, what her exact sins were, we knew that she was full of them. But as you know, Jesus Christ sought her out. Jesus Christ showed mercy on her. Jesus Christ welcomed her. Jesus Christ forgave her. And Jesus Christ cleansed her. And out of gratitude, she followed him every step of his ministry, even to the cross and stood there and watched as he was crucified. Sort of the original steel magnolia, right? All the men fled, couldn't take it, no surprise. But she stood there and when he had died, literally didn't appear dead, when he was dead, she took him and along with, uh, with with some others and prepared him for his burial. And there she is, the first one of the tomb on Easter morning to go and prepare his body even more. And then it was at this moment that this thoroughly sinful person that Jesus Christ first revealed himself to. And he knew her by her name. Call her name. And I think what's so fascinating, and what I continue to see in, in, my, in my ministry, though I haven't done sort of a scientific study, is that even though people, we kind of know the gospel, what's fascinating. Is that if you were to, what I found in, in my own ministry in life is that when I've asked people, well, who does Jesus come to? Who does Jesus show himself to? Who does he open himself up to? It's almost like this gut reaction. It's almost like this, uh, this uh, reflex. Well,
0: well, good people, right? If Jesus is going to call my name, I better do something that's
1: going to make uh, me stand out, that's going to, um, if you will, be a reward for my hard work. Jesus is going to visit the good people. Jesus is going to call the name of Mother Teresa. Or substitute whatever holy, generous, godly, selfless person you want to put in there. It's almost like this gut reaction, right? And if we're honest, before I say, well, that's totally wrong. But if if we're honest, that's actually kind of good, right? Because we know that... um, God is holy and we're not holy and somehow we need to bridge that gap. I mean, there's, there's, there's a rightness in that at one level. But in reality, what Jesus shows us here in this little vignette is that yes, there is a gap. But that gap is far too wide that, that the best works of Mary could ever overcome. In reality... Jesus Christ calls out the name, turns on the lights, turns on the heart of the drunks and the druggies and the adulterers and the prostitutes and the the people that cheat on their taxes and the people that steal, the people in prison. You, me, that's who he comes to. That's who he comes to. And as I said earlier, this past April, earlier this month, marked the 6th anniversary of, of this church and of my ministry. But this July will mark the 13th anniversary of my ordination. And to this day, it absolutely amazes me that this is brand new news. It's brand new news and it's shocking to two different classes of people. The first one that it's shocking to you is maybe the ones that most of us identify with. That we're married, packed with. That we have seven demons. That we're worse than we thought possible. That thoughts jump into our head or we've done something or should have done something or whatever it is. Before we even make the choice, it just kind of leaps out of us. And we look back in shame and, Lord, how could I ever... Do this. How could I, I can't I'm this kind of person. Could you ever love me? And Jesus, just like he does, calls out your name. And opens your eyes. And opens your heart. And at one moment, all the goodness of his love and forgiveness and hope overflows. All the blessings, the pinnacle of his revelation of himself and, and who he is, is seen here on Easter morning. What he promises. He says, that's for you. That's shocking. But there's another group of us, maybe some, some of us in this room, who hear that and say, that's so unfair. I have been working so hard. I have been doing all the things God has asked of me. I have been... been. Um, I have been living the life that He's called me to live. I've been giving, I've been sacrificing, I've been slaving. Why does she get the reward? Why do those sinners get it? What about me? Well, to Jesus Christ, that's another of the seven demons, isn't it? And I'm guilty of it too. We do all the right things, not out of gratitude like Mary did, but we do all the right things to make God give us what we want, to make God call our name, to make Him bless us. Because you know what He owes us. And if you are like me in this time, if 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 you walked in like that this this morning, you're angry and bitter and, and bitter at God. <coughs> Know that Jesus Christ is saying back to you. He calls your name. And he says, I have done all of that work for you. In, In the resurrection, I am proof positive. I am the down payment that your blessings are here. But the best is yet to come. You don't have to earn it. It's just a gift. So on this first Sunday after Easter, to all the Mary Magdalene's in the room, which is all of us, hear the good news that Jesus comes to us right now, calls our name, opens our eyes, opens our hearts to believe that he has died for us, to believe that his resurrection will be our eternal life with him one day. And that all that's needed is just be like Mary and cling to him, rejoice in him, give thanks, and trust that his promise of everlasting life with him is true, even for us sinners. And that is good news for us sinners. Amen.